Hey listeners, just jumping in quickly before the podcast to notify you about the BodyTrack Academy educational webinars that we have available via Eventbrite. We cover a variety of topics ranging from oncology, musculoskeletal rehab, neurological rehab, mental health performance and much more, all of which you can access 24-7. That means you can purchase the webinar and watch it at any time that suits you. You can claim our webinars as PD points via SS self-assessment tool and as a valued listener of the podcast, you're entitled to $10 off any of our webinars, but do hurry because the code is only available to the first 10 purchases. Just use the code FIRST10. So head on over to Eventbrite and browse our webinars. The link is in the show notes and on the BodyTrack Academy Facebook page. I'd like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the Yagara and the terrible people as the traditional custodians of Mianjin the lands on which our podcast is recorded. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the BodyTrack Academy podcast created by EPs for EPs. The podcast will take you on an in-depth understanding of everything an EP is faced with on a day-to-day basis, including clinical, personal and business practices to ensure you become the best practitioner possible. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, follow us on whatever streaming service you use to ensure the message spreads and you are notified of any new podcast or educational resources available to you. Furthermore, if you're not already part of our online academy, head over to Facebook and join the BodyTrack Academy. Happy listening. Hello and welcome to another episode of the BodyTrack Academy podcasts. Uh, today I am joined by the wonderful Mackenzie Fennell. How are you today, Mackenzie? Hello, I am great. Thanks, Dean. Wonderful. Now, Mackenzie, today we're going to be talking about things you wish you knew as a new grad. A uh, topic that we thought would be great at this time of year as well, because there's probably a lot of new grads out there and wondering how do I do my best job, uh, my, be my best self for an exercise physiology uh, company or allied health team? And so, Mackenzie, I thought we'd get straight to it and talk a little bit about your experience first. Um, now, by, all, by no means, a bit of a disclaimer, this is gospel. We're not saying it is. These are our opinions and your opinions, but take from this what you will. Uh, and Mackenzie will go through top three for yourself. Yeah, so I think probably one of the main things I have learned in my first few years of practice or, or coming out of uni is that, or something that was good to learn early was that you can't fix everyone. And I think we're probably in this role because we do want to help people and, and help them achieve their goals and things like that. But I think what we can do is is give them all the tools we possibly can to do that, but we unfortunately can't can't fix everyone. Yeah, and I think it's a very good topic, point of conversation there, this mentality of fixing someone. Um, where do you think that kind of originates from? Um, I think, well, like I said, we're in this job. We want to help people do better and, and be better and live their lives better. And I think, um, yeah, I think that comes from probably the type of people allied health professionals are. That's, that's probably why we're in the role. Um, but yeah, checking in with ourselves and just knowing that it's, it's more what we can do for the client and knowing you've done all you can in giving them the education and, and the evidence-based practice and things like that, rather than, um, thinking that you by yourself can fix them. It's mm. more guiding them on their journey to, to getting better. Fantastic. Excellent. So 
I just want to take kind of take in, get into your mindset about what do you think fixing someone looks like as well? Now that's going to vary across what person, um, what client comes across to the, to see you, but in your own kind of thought, Mackenzie, what is, what does fixing someone actually look like? I think probably initially as a new grad, the standard would be someone comes in, for example, with pain. Mm. Fixing them might look like being pain-free. Yeah. Probably it's it's more black and white initially. Um, but I think I've learned that fixing someone, for example, with chronic pain might look like them being able to handle the steps a little better in everyday life or being able to tolerate lifting their grandkids a little better in everyday life. Um, and I guess managing things better rather than totally fixing them complete black and white. Yeah, um, fantastic. So I think that's a really key concept to take away, um, listeners, is you are probably going to get clients coming and going, I want to be fixed. I want, I want to be pain-free. Let's go on that example. It's actually our, our job there to change that mindset. And it's really key, a really key point because otherwise you're not meeting at the right expectation from your clinician, clinical point of view and from a client's perspective. So, um, that's, uh, one of the biggest takeaways I feel. Um, and even in my, uh, first years as, as a practitioner, which was many years ago, Mackenzie, <laughs> um, I was like, oh, I've got to fix people. It's the, it's this thing that you, 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 um, you're bound by in a way. So I think that's some, a, a great tip is it's, it's, uh, laying it out on, on the line to the client saying, you know, it's, unfortunately, this is not going to be fixed. It's going to be managed. And that's how exercise does it. And it is the, um, the way that we use exercise as medicine to do so. Um, so that's probably the main tip, I guess. Hey, don't have that mindset of fixing. Yep. What's some others that you had? Um, I think another important thing to, to take on board is that, um, we won't know everything and that's absolutely okay. Uh, I think it's a pretty exciting part of our job because there's still so much new research coming out and we are learning all the time, which again is an awesome part of our job. Um, it's, it's so dynamic. And I think just being aware that there will be times where a client asks about something and you may not know and being okay with that and chatting to them and saying, Look, I'm I'm not sure at the moment, but I can look into it further. It's probably um yeah, a good thing to just be comfortable with, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Any experiences where you tried to say, Yeah, yeah, I know about yeah. that <laughs> and try and get your way through it? Um oh I'm sure initially I'll go, <laughs> Yep, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then try and chat through it. But yeah, I think the client is probably gonna pick up on that mm. anyway. So you may as well be honest and they'll probably respect that honesty and yeah. lack of almost speaks back to that first point of you being on that journey with them and learning with them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good point you raised there. Um, look, being in the, in, in the game now as an EP for I think 11 years or 12 maybe that I'm going on now, I'm still learning every day yeah. um, with different things and different team members challenging me as well. Um, the part about trying to know everything uh, when you first year again, it's like this heavy weight on your shoulders that you have this expectation of, well, I've just done all my uni and I've, I've learned everything. I need to deliver that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I reckon your learning actually really starts on day one of your first job. Yeah. <laughs> because sure. you, you're then in the real world and dealing with everything um, from, from that aspect. Um, the other part of that too is what you touched on before is 
Yes, the client's coming to you for expert advice, right? Now, advice is the key word there. And advice can look like you being, you know, that, that picture that we probably painted in a podcast previous where you're walking alongside the client in their journey of better health. Yeah. You're not in front. You're walking alongside and you're understanding what their condition or their um, level of pain, if we're going on that example again, is uh, how it is affecting them. Yeah. So you're making it very individualized in that case. You're not saying exactly the um, requirements or the research that has to be done. It has to be flexible and malleable to the client's presentation. So um, I really like comparing that um, or, or showcasing that image of walking alongside them to better health rather than being the dictator per se. Yeah. yeah. That was point number two. Do we have a third point ready and raring to go? Yes. Number three, I think, is more of a personal one, I guess, and I think it's just establishing a good routine. Um, as early on as you can, you might feel like with lots of admin to do, it can be tricky, I guess, to get into a groove initially when you're starting off, um, and there probably is times where your admin does pile up, and um, I think just establishing a nice routine in having time where you can just turn off from work or whether it's doing things on the weekend that, you know, kind of help you relax mm. um, can be good to make a part of your routine because it can be overwhelming. You've got new clients to deal with and all of a sudden they're, they're yours. They're not yep. a uni project or you don't <laughs> have a supervisor helping you out there. Yep. They're all yours, yep. um, which, yeah, can, again, it probably speaks to the same all points we've talked about before and that you can feel that pressure of wanting to fix them and wanting to do the best for them and help them. So being able to just be aware that, um, yeah, that, that can be quite a pressure to be under and having strategies to help you manage that can yeah. be good as well. Perfect. Um, and I want to reference as well a educational webinar that we have around mental health for practitioner as well. Um, that we that we have available for purchasing and watching as well, and and we've also had a podcast around that balance, that work life balance as well. So jump back through the list of podcasts we have if you want a bit of a refresher and some strategies there. Couldn't agree more though, um, especially early days when you're just wanting to do the best. And the other part of this too is you also probably feel this pressure of having to perform, mm. um, and and you know say that you are valuable to the, the 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 workplace or the person that you're with um it is the wrong way to go about things because then we're probably going to hit a, a burnout phase very quickly yeah. the other part that we're fortunate here is we've got a team that you can bounce ideas off and and collaborate with um that's not going to be the case for everyone who's graduating and going perhaps into a sole trader or a contractual position um but that's why we have our academy as well to um, reach out and share, uh, any struggles that maybe you may be experiencing because we are wanting to help the industry, um, grow and, and establish its, establish itself even further. Uh, and making sure that we're not going into the phase of admin on weekends nonstop, um, and trying to get the best because, yeah, you're not going to be your best self when you've seen that client for the next week anyway. Yeah. Um, is there any other tips? Yeah, I think that leads really nicely into um, one uh, that come from our team. So we did chat to the team as well about things that they wish they knew as a new grad. Mm -hmm. um, and one of them was getting a mentor as well. So someone to debrief with or just someone who's had a bit of experience and is almost where you want to be as mm -hmm. a practitioner. 
Um, and again, it can be good to bounce ideas off of or debrief with clients um, with, just for that extra bit of support as well yep. as you're coming in as a new grad. Perfect. Um, I think the one that, that I wanted to share as a uh, with things I wish as new as I knew as a new grad is all the uh, setup of yourself of being a practitioner as well. Yeah. Um, once you're accredited, uh, done all your paperwork and submitted, um, there then is the logistics as well of being a Medicare registered provider as well. That takes time and never underestimate there's probably many other practitioners out there who are doing the same thing and that is just for exercise physiology. So you got to think all the graduating other allied health professions, um, you, you're not the only person. So you have to be patient and you have to be on top of it very quickly. Um, and we've had experience as a team of people being delayed of starting with us because of the delays in, in processing. So uh, a little bit of the admin and clerical stuff there, but that is something you have to be aware of. Um, insurances as well. Check with your employer whether they actually provide insurance for you um, or whether you have to get your own professional indemnity insurance as well. Um, and then also looking at if, if the employer is governed by the award, looking at where you your um, uh, health professional support services award level is uh, and making sure that contractually it all obliges um, some don't go by the award, which is fine, but you're just making sure that you're in that realm as well. Um, thinking other, uh, and the, the last thing that I wish I knew as a practitioner is knowing where to find resources to help myself learn because I was trying to do it all by myself. Um, and look, probably using Google Scholar, whatever it was back <laughs> in the day, not the greatest platform. So, um, knowing, there's a lot of different resources that are available out there now to the uh, exercise physiology community, um, and that's going to help shape and, and direct you in the right way. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you're learning a lot in this particular episode. Just a shout out to our sponsor, HGG Performance, which provide very high quality innovative gym equipment and custom fit outs to enable you to pivot your potential and smash performance and rehab goals. They are world renowned for their innovative creations in the gym accessory space, including the best selling ISO Tib LT, Tib Bar, Wrist Axe and Nordic Bar. And I got to say, we're using some of these equipment in our clinic and finding some great results. Used by professional sports teams, athletes and coaches worldwide, as well as the military, health practitioners, and apparently even Joe Rogan uses their gear. HGG is a proudly Aussie-owned company that makes all their gym equipment at their Gold Coast HQ. And our partnership with them, we are stoked to offer you 10% discount on any product with the code BODYTRACK10 so you can experience what all the hype is about yourself. So jump over to their website, go to the checkout, punch in the code of BODYTRACK10 to get 10% off um, on any of their great innovative gym equipment and start using today thanks very much the last thing that i wanted to just put up uh, uh bring up in this when you're going into assessments and it just goes off from that fixing analogy um doing a comprehensive assessment for the condition preparing really well is is something that i think most people will do anyway the thing that i used to get caught up with a lot is having to know the exact prescription or the exact re resource 
uh, and researched evidence-based practice for that specific condition. Not a great way to do it. Having a good understanding of it, but like I was saying earlier in this pod, being a bit more adaptable for suiting the client needs. Um, we're actually just talking yesterday in one of our tutorials about um, specific tests that you might do for a joint, say the neck, right? Um, there's some things that you can do and look at for research purposes and, and get some data on and compare and all those things. But at the end of the day, you also want to find out that what the person wants to get out of it. Remember, you are treating a person, not a condition. Uh, so if you're creating a test that is a functional demand um, based on what their subjective history is, that is fine and you're working with them rather than going the other way and going, well, this test is for this reason, so I must do it. Sometimes it's not going to suit that person. Um, so being that adaptable and flexible, I definitely knew in my first years of practice, I was like, right, this condition, here's what I have to do, um, tick the box and, and move on. Quickly, I found out that this is not going to be suitable. Yeah, um, it is It is a good reference tool, but I have to be flexible and um, put my clinical judgment hat on and now 10 years of still doing that. It's a much more comfortable thing to do, um, but completely understand for new grads going, well, the short physical performance battery is what's done for people at that age. It has to be done. Not necessarily. Yeah. What's actually important to that person. So um, that was my other thing that I wish I knew. Mackenzie, was a little, uh, for a final little wrap up, talk about your first year as an EP. Yeah. Probably a bit more recent than mine. <laughs> um, a little, only a little. Only a little. Uh, challenges that you faced, any examples um, that you can provide for, um, for our listeners? Um, I, so my first job was in a multi-D clinic, which was awesome. I loved, loved that environment, different um, allied health practitioners working together. And I come in, I was taking over an EP's full client load. So I was pretty much thrown into a full client load throughout, mm-hmm. um, through the week. So that was quite, um, full on. I guess I didn't have the challenge of, challenge of building a client load from scratch. Um, but that come with different challenges in that I had all these clients to manage and they were all brand new to me, essentially all at once. And so it was quite a lot to get used to initially. Um, and I think. The challenge with that was probably just like we've spoken about having that balance and knowing that um, I probably could have reached out and just spoke to managers and things like that and gone, hey, can I book in a bit of extra admin time? Mm. I'm noticing like I want to delve more into these um, clients' conditions and things like that. Like I want to learn more about it to better my practice rather than just roll through their previous programs or things Mm. like that. Like I want to take the time to get better or more competent or feel more confident in, mm. in treating those clients mm. um so i think that was probably initially and again it probably looked like a bit of admin time outside of work which isn't ideal so definitely um that's where i probably learned those few things we've mentioned previously in the podcast um what about you dan um covered probably most but i think that's uh, very similar like we've said it just just before as well is like the um the, the the pressure that you might feel yeah. about trying to perform um you need to be able to sh- you know share that pressure as well and and engage with with other practitioners or even in if you're multi-dis engage with other allied health um or other exercise physiologists um if you're in a clinic that um provides that but if you're by yourself 
doesn't mean you're alone. There is there is communities out there, not just the Broad Track Academy, but other ones that are going to be able to support. Um, and that's where that mentorship comes in as well, that you mentioned as well. So I think that was probably the the learning curve that I had um, as well is knowing your support networks because you, you just think you have to do it all by yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily, I was in an environment of body track where there was support, um, unwavering support from any team member, but we know that's not going to be the case with everyone um, as they're graduating. Um, but a good example you provided because you are going to be in a position where you might be taking on a full client load. So you've just gone from, you know, summer of having a good time, <laughs> kicking back at the beach, and now you're going into full client load and you're probably going to feel a little bit of uh, fatigue from that and compassion fatigue too, yeah. um, which is things that we know are very, very evident in um, allied health, uh, the allied health sector. I think that might wrap it up from there, Mackenzie. Um, final take-home points, I guess. Uh, don't think you have to fix them. Manage your time really well. Uh, get a mentor. <laughs> Um, and probably my one is, yeah, don't think you have to have ex- exactly the assessment item for the condition that the client's presenting with. Yeah. Anything I've missed? Love it. I think, um, be comfy not knowing everything too. Yeah. 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 Be vulnerable, comfortable, and the uncomfortable. Yeah. Yep. Wonderful. Thanks again for listening to another Body Track Academy podcast. We will be back soon with either a case study or something that is specific to a condition. You'll have to listen and find out. (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us, Mackenzie. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. So remember to share, like, or follow to keep updated with all our podcasts and educational resources.